What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Keeping Up with the Commanders. We are 1-0. It doesn't matter how we got it done, but in the end, the Commanders pulled through, led by the guy's jersey I'm wearing, Jahan Dotson, an incredible outing here in his first-ever career game, finishing the game with three receptions, 40 yards, and two touchdowns, including the go-ahead score in the closing few, uh, closing couple minutes, I believe, of this one. I mean, this offense overall was spectacular. There were some iffy things with Carson Wentz, but overall, Wentz, I think he played a great game. He finished 27 of 41, 200, uh, sorry, 313 yards, four touchdowns, and two picks. I mean, the four touchdowns, definitely a highlight. I predicted him, uh, pr- predicted him to throw four touchdowns on Twitter, but the two interceptions, one of them was definitely on him, a late throw on an out route. I forgot who was targeting, but that was uh, picked off, and um, the, pick, the route got picked off. But the second one, I'm not really sure if it was his fault or not. It was going to be a halfback screen to the left side, and then Trayvon Walker, the 2022 NFL Draft number one overall pick, just made a spectacular play, holding it in with one hand um, off the off the uh, offensive lineman. It was an incredible play by Walker, and I wouldn't really count that one as Carson Wentz's fault. But we did see some other inaccuracies, especially on third down, second down uh, from Carson Wentz, just across the middle on some short passes, just weren't there. But overall, the protection was pretty solid on Wentz. I believe he only got sacked two or three times, somewhere around there. But overall, the offensive line played a great game. The running game with Antonio Gibson, with J.D. McKissick, going into this game, of course, being without Brian Robinson, the star of training camp in this uh, this past summer. But Antonio Gibson, great game from him, not fumbling, finishing the game with 14 carries, 58 yards, with his longest run being for 13. And then through the air as well for Gibson, seven receptions for 72 yards, a great fantasy game if you started him in fantasy this last week. Uh, J.D. McKissick, he had a great game as well on the ground. Um, He finished with three carries for eight yards, which doesn't really sound like much, but he did make a major impact when he was on that field. All right, now let's go back to the receiving core. I already talked about Jahan Dawson. Great game from him. Our leading receiver was Antonio Gibson with his 72 yards. After that was Terry McLaurin, two catches for 58 yards and a touchdown with his longest being a 49-yard bomb in the fourth quarter from Carson Wentz. When it felt like all hope was lost, Wentz threw back-to-back picks uh, on two separate possessions and then hits this bomb to Terry McLaurin, which basically lit up the energy at FedEx Field, which helped lead them to the win in the end, of course, the final score being 28 to 22 over Jacksonville. But it was just an incredible game, a roller coaster ride with Wentz. Uh, continuing here, Curtis Samuel, a big game from him, eight receptions, 55 yards, and a touchdown, his longest being 13 yards. But he was breaking ankles left and right off these Jaguars defenders. This guy could definitely be a problem here this season. A lot of people were counting him out after his injury last year. Of course, the season ender, which basically ended his season pretty much from the start in training camp. Barely played at all last season, but here in training camp last uh, last summer. And then now, I mean, this guy could be a real game changer come November and December. Just the ability to make people miss. People really forgot what he is capable of doing. He's capable of having 1,000-yard seasons. I could really see this team having three 1,000-yard receivers this year. Again, in the run game, uh, no real turnovers pretty much on this offense besides uh, Carson Wentz's two picks. But then a fumble by Curtis Samuel, I believe, in the first or second quarter when the team was driving in enemy territory. A tough one, but, I mean, when you have Curtis Samuel playing running back on some plays, it's a nice idea by Scott Turner, but it can end up pretty poorly, and that's what it did there. Curtis Samuel, of course, he's not meant to play running back, which is why his ball security isn't probably top of the line, so that's why he most likely fumbled there. Let's move on to the defense, which had a day in itself, 22 points, uh, 
from Jacksonville on that offensive side. But overall, the defense played great. William Jackson was the leading tackler. He had nine total tackles. After that was Derek Forrest and Cole Holcomb, each with five. But Derek Forrest was a guy that I really want to talk about because he made major impacts down the line in that fourth quarter. Of course, Derek Forrest starting as safety this week because of Cam Curl being out with his thumb injury or finger injury that he had to get surgery for. Curl should be back next week. I would expect him to be back next week against Detroit in Detroit. But Derek Forrest entered his replacement. An incredible game from him. Multiple big plays in that fourth, plus the game-winning interception in that final minute off of Trevor Lawrence. A great game from the secondary overall, too. Um, there were some plays. I believe the leading receiver was Christian Kirk. He had 116 or 117 yards from him. But no touchdowns for Kirk. And overall, this might not have been one of the best wide receiver groups in the NFL, which could be a reason why this the secondary looked great. But we'll see real tests uh, next week when you got Amon St. Brown. You have DJ Chark, who had a day. And the week after that, you're going to have to play AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, who's going to be a real test uh, when we play Philadelphia in a couple of weeks. But for now, the secondary looks great. Uh, the linebackers, they I, thought, I didn't really hear much from them. Cole Holcomb being the link tackler with five. Uh, I mean, Jamin Davis, he did have a sack, I believe, or a tackle for loss off of Trevor Lawrence. It was kind of iffy to see what, what it was because I think it was a designed run for Lawrence. But for Davis, he finished with three tackles overall. I think they did count it actually uh, as a tackle for loss or something because it, on the stat sheet I'm looking at right now, Jamin Davis does not have a sack uh, number right now. It says at zero. So overall, though, the pass rush, um, it was okay. Two sacks, one from Jonathan Allen, one from Deron Payne. Deron Payne, a big one on third down, and Jonathan Allen early on with his, a big one on third down as well. So, I mean, this pass rush, again, without Chase Young, Montez Sweat wasn't really much of a factor in this one. He had three tackles, same with Payne, and uh, same with Jonathan Allen as well. But, I mean, the... The ceiling of this of this off of this defensive line with Sweat, Payne, Allen, and Chase Young when he returns sometime in probably October or November, I mean they can really do some damage on that front seven. And things will definitely be interesting with Jack Del Rio as a defensive coordinator because we can really apply a lot of pressure with this front seven. But we'll see what Jack Del Rio wants to do because I know in the past we've just rushed the first four, and then uh, in today's game or in Sunday's game we just rushed the, like the front four uh, a lot as well. So. It'll be interesting to see what JDR is going to do as he's not one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL right now, and I'd rather have someone else. But we're going to be stuck with him for most likely this year, so we'll have to see and go by what his plans are going to be. And speaking of that defensive line, I do want to mention Fedarian Mathis, uh, the second-round rookie, getting carted off in the first quarter. Did not look good. We'll probably have a, a bigger injury update than what I have now when this episode comes out. But Fedarian Mathis, um, it doesn't look good. It's a knee injury. Probably will be out for the season from the looks of it. They didn't show the replay at the stadium, so it, it seems to be pretty bad for Mathis. I know Ron Rivera in his press conference said they are definitely concerned about Mathis' health after the injury uh, with that knee. So it's an unfortunate ending for a uh, second-round draft pick that we took, which people people said that it was a reach pretty much and that we could have gone with a lot of better guys. But Mathis, he's shown some promise. Um, he can definitely be that guy on the inside that stops to run a good rotational piece with Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. But now that this defensive line front, especially those defensive tackles, are now very thin, we were already thin with just Mathis, Payne, and Allen being three guys that could only really make an impact. No one else really could. But now with only Payne and Allen, and then we've got to rotate in other guys like Daniel Wise and stuff, 
Wise will need to step up. Some other guys will need to step up if this defensive line wants to keep on doing and wants to be where they were at in 2020 because the depth here is really not so great. I would look to possibly trade or maybe sign a free agent defensive lineman because we're going to need some help on this defensive tackle front. And if we don't, then we could get eaten up by the run, especially when we play guys like Zeke and Pollard who run it straight up the middle. So, and then Derrick Henry later and Dalvin Cook later, now that I'm thinking about it. So we're really going to need some help on the defensive line. All right, that'll be it for the recap. I do want to talk a little bit about and do a little bit of a preview for the Lions game this upcoming week. The Lions on Sunday lost to the Philadelphia Eagles 38-35. to At the half, it was 24-14, to and the Eagles really didn't look back since. Um, it was kind of a more... It, it was a little bit closer than what the game really was. It felt like Jalen Hurts. That one was 18-32 and for 240 yards. Uh, Miles Saunders, Jalen Hurts, Kenneth Gainwell, and Boston Scott all getting a rushing touchdown, four rushing touchdowns for the Eagles. It looks like Jared Goff for the Detroit Lions finished 21 of 37 for 215 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. And then on the ground, a guy that we really have to game plan for next week, DeAndre Swift. 15 carries, 144 yards, and a touchdown. I talked a little bit about this receiving core. Amonro St. Brown going for 64 yards and a touchdown. DJ Chark going for 52 yards and a touchdown. TJ Hawkinson, four catches for 38 yards. Uh, DeAndre Swift can be a weapon in that passing game as well. I mean, this offense isn't one of the best, and I definitely think we should be favorites going into this week against the Lions, but we cannot slack off. We cannot. We got, we got to stay focused against this Lions team because if we barely lost to the Jaguars, who has had the number one overall pick two years in a row. The Lions now with the number two overall pick last week in Hutchinson. He, I don't know if he really made a major impact. I don't think he really did. Yeah, he only had one tackle, no sacks at all for the number two pick in the draft. So, I mean, Aiden Hutchinson, he can be a factor. We've seen it in the preseason. We're going to have the game plan for him as well on that defensive front. I do believe this Detroit Lions secondary is their weakness. They do have Jeff Okuda, who finished the game with 10 tackles, 7 solo tackles. Reminder, Jeff Okuda was a top 3 pick two drafts ago. So, again, that season-ending injury in his rookie season. But I don't think this Detroit secondary is as bad as what people think they are. And so we definitely have the game plan for basically this entire team because there's some sneaky guys in here that could go off against us as we saw Christian Kirk go off for 116 yards on Sunday as well. All right, that'll be it for this episode of Keeping Up with the Commanders. I mean, a win is a win, and we are 1-0 after week one the first time since, I believe, 2019 or 2018, which is pretty crazy when we beat the Eagles. So hopefully we can keep the streak going, become 2-0 this week against the Detroit Lions. I know we've got a big one next week against the Eagles, but... It'd be great if we can go or uh, if we can go back to FedEx with a 2-0 record against the Lions. That'll be it for today's episode of Keeping Up with the Commanders. See you guys on the next one. Peace.